Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. When the New England Patriots used to roll into Heinz Field, it felt like the big bad wolf was rolling into town. Now that they're coming into Akershore Stadium, doesn't feel that way at all, and it has everything to do with the name change at the stadium. That's the reason why. <laughs> no, but they, they seriously don't feel like no, the Patriots of old, and, and I think even last year at times they felt that way. Where, I think the last two years, Tom, yeah, go back to 2020 with Cam Newton. They still made you nervous. Like They still... That Belichick lore is still there, obviously, and their defense was pretty good last year, too, and, and I think is probably still pretty good this year. I mean, it's not like the Dolphins were beating them up offensively in that game. In Week 1, it was all the Patriots' offense that was their undoing. Um, so, defensively, I think they still have that identity about them, but the boogeyman was Brady. Mm-hmm. I think that's For becoming sure. clearer and clearer and clearer as we march our way into the post-Brady-Belichick apocalyptic era of the New England Patriots, and... Belichick's one of the best coaches of all time, no question. He's probably the best coach of all time. He'll go in the Hall of Fame on a first ballot. Six Super Bowl rings as a head coach, a couple more as a defensive coordinator. I mean, the resume speaks for itself, and he's still in the top tier as far as current NFL coaches are concerned, but without having that boogeyman, it's just, you don't, like, I'm more afraid of Tom Brady Brady. rolling in Mm -hmm. with Tampa Bay than I am of Belichick rolling in with New England. And that has nothing to do with the fact that the rest of the Tampa Bay roster is far better. Nope. It's just Tom Brady. Right, like, if Belichick was the coach of Tampa Bay's roster and Kirk Cousins was Tampa Bay's quarterback, I wouldn't fear them as much as if Brady was bringing this ragtag group of Patriots into Akershore. Without Belichick. Right, because I'd be like, well, I've seen this story a thousand times. Who's Jacoby Myers? Oh, he has. he's the guy that gets 180 yards <laughs> right. on you. Right, who's of, the guy with it? Was it... Um, Chris Hogan. Is Chris Hogan, the, yeah. lacrosse the lacrosse player, player. Yeah. who had three touchdowns against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game in 2016. Yeah, so there's, the, not that that, season. there's not that fear in my heart anymore. And on top of that, the current quarterback, Mac Jones, he's dealing with some back problems. He had some back yes. spasms against the Dolphins. He was able to finish that game, but... He's still supposed to play. He's going to play. Yeah. He ain't going to be at 100%, though, and that's big news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when you look at this Patriots team... Nothing about them scares you. There's not a player on either side of the ball that you point to and says, oh, my God, that's a game-breaker. Maybe Belichick's still that guy where he can can out-scheme you, and he showed last year he's willing to do that. I mean, he ran the ball a thousand Mm -hmm. times against the Bills to get a win in Buffalo. But again, 
As far as someone on the field is concerned, Mac Jones doesn't scare me. Their wide receivers are nameless people. I mean, they're, they're they're we worse. know they are, but like Nelson Aguilar. But like, no, they're just as bad as the receivers in Green Bay. Like, we were doing horrible. the advanced scout last night, Matt Williamson and myself, and we were talking about them, and we, we brought up Devontae Parker. You know, they make the trade for Devontae Parker in the offseason. Oh, it's going to be their big guy. And Williamson's like, I don't think he even sees the field in Pittsburgh if you're Devontae Parker. Like, he's number four, clearly, in his mind. So... Mm-hmm. That's a guy that they want to be the number one, him or Jacoby Meyer. And neither of those guys probably no. even play much in, in a Pittsburgh or in a team with a real receiving core. So that doesn't scare you. Running backs, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. It's a good it's a good kind of have something going there. Mm-hmm. But you faced a much tougher running back last week in Joe Mixon and did a great job against Joe Mixon, him. you would you'd say you're more intimidated by, oh, by, by far, far by far than He's, a combination of Damian Harris. Joe Mixon's yeah. on the fringe of elite. Damian yes. Harris and, and Ramondre Stevenson are just a very good complementary duo yes. of backs. Stevenson, I think, might be a bit better than Harris, to be honest with you, even though Harris is the number one back, technically. Uh, Ty Montgomery was the one who actually had the second most snap counts in that running back room. He does a lot of out-of-the-backfield stuff, though. He's more of a route runner. He got placed on IR after the game against the Dolphins, though. Mm-hmm. So you were down to just two in Harris and Stevenson. I, I guess offensively... Those are the two that you circle and you key in on. Yeah. Stop these two first, and then the rest kind of all falls into place. I think the good thing, too, about facing off against Belichick against this offense is we're talking about the players. Who's calling the plays here for that offense? I mean, the the the, the Matt Patricia offense, as the offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator experiment clearly failed within the first week. Belichick's more, much more of a defensive-minded guy. That you lost Josh McDaniels after he was clearly the best option for you when he was there before he tried to go to the Broncos for that first time, and then he came back and he was still great whenever he got repaired up with Tom Brady. Now you lost him. Who's going to call the plays on offense? I don't know. Like at least with Brady and 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 Josh McDaniels, you had the quarterback. And the guy that could call the plays. And then when Brady left, McDaniels could still come up with a scheme that could work. But to lose both of those pieces, that offense, it's why everyone is calling it possibly the worst offense in football this year. I'm just trying to dig into some headlines right now to see if there's any update on who will be calling plays against the Steelers. Uh, Matt Patricia obviously did it against the Dolphins. Nothing that would suggest that that won't be the case. Uh Again, against the Steelers. He, he might just get the play he, call. He again. might just because there's nobody else to take that role. It's odd to me that they didn't go get an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And the name that when you search Patriots offensive coordinator problems that keeps coming up, people keep saying, why didn't they bring Bill O'Brien back? Why didn't they bring... If, you, if you're looking for someone who's familiar with your organization, who's familiar with working with you, which I think was in the back of Belichick's mind a little bit, why you tab Patricia... Why not a guy like Bill O'Brien who's actually got track record in that offensive department and a good track record in that offensive department right. to come back? So that's just another one guy. There are a billion candidates out there, and I don't even know if I'm exaggerating, who could come in <laughs> and be an offensive coordinator for your team. Um, you give a young guy a chance. You recycle an old guy that's been out of the league for a bit or an old guy that's on a different team. You give him a raise or you give him a, an increased role. Hey, instead of the offensive line coach, you're the offensive coordinator now. It's an odd decision-making move to not bring one in. And honestly, it's more ammo into the arsenal of people that say, Belichick, great coach, 
Not the best of the front office aspect of things, though. No, I mean, we've seen that year in and year out. They just cannot build within the draft, right? Well, especially at the wide receiver position. Well, yeah, they just just swing and miss all the time. They just traded in this offseason to kill Harry, who was, I think, their most recent first round receiver or first round traffic that they use on a receiver. And I believe he was taken in what, 2019, if not 2020. He's already gone. He got traded to Chicago already. No, they're terrible. They're, yes. I mean, think about the the receivers in the Brady era. Um, they go out and they trade for Wes Welker. They go and they grab Edelman via the trade market or mm-hmm. free or however they got him. He was on a different team first, though. They got they and go get out Amendola, and get Amendola, Danny Whitehead. Do you remember that guy? Randy Moss. They yeah, get out and yeah. They get Randy Moss from another team. So like they've always outsourced their wide receiver room. Um, I mean. <laughs> The last homegrown Patriot wide receiver that comes to, is it Dion Branch? Like, is that the last one that you think of as like, wow, this guy's a Patriot through and through, like good draft pick, and he developed into a really good wide receiver? Like, I guess so. I like, mean, Super Bowl just, MVP, but. They just don't draft yeah. the position well. And I think that's part of the many reasons why Tom was was getting fed up and wanted to leave was because they had no, I can no elevate to all to. these people, yeah. but like, it's just me. It's 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 been me and Gronk for five years now. Like, where right. is the help? I mean, the Randy Moss thing, there's a reason that offense was considered one of the best offenses in the league. He said he caught the most touchdown passes in a single season yeah. when he was paired with Brady. Brady had, at the time, set the record for most touchdown passes in a season by a quarterback as well. That's, that's Until Peyton came along. Yeah, sheriff. until Peyton did it with, with Wes Walker, of all in people. In Denver, yeah. In Denver. But, no, I mean, it, it makes total sense why Brady would get frustrated. You can, you can be as great as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers – but if your team still fails to provide you the offensive weapons that you you need, not even need, that you're you're just asking, saying, look at the other thirty NFL teams out here. They're they're all at least one. Every single one of these teams has at least one guy who is a decent enough pass catcher that can be a stud on this team. Why aren't those? Why isn't there at least one guy on this team for me to throw a ball to? I mean, so yeah. So at the end. Of Brady's time with New England, when because I believe Gronk retired, and that last season that that he, he did, Brady he came out of retirement in. in Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't even Gronk, and Edelman I think was banged up that entire year. So Tom barely made it to the playoffs. I think they started off something like eight and two, and then lost like their last four of their five or five of six. They barely got to the playoffs, lost in the first round. And then you look at Last Rogers. play by Tom Brady in a Patriot uniform? An interception, Picks, right? Pick six. It was a pick Not six against Tennessee. Yep. Okay. But you look at Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, all these receivers on his team, there's no one to throw to. No one to throw to. You saw that really rear its ugly head against the— In uh, week one, yeah. Even the Cowboys. And they're more injury-prone than yeah. don't having— uh, But it was just CeeDee Lamb and I think literally three guys that Madden created the name, like the video game, auto-generate the name. Like I said—didn't I say that last week? You could sit here and do a name generator, and I believe you if it's a rec- if it's a receiver on the Packers, the Cowboys, or the Patriots. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really making your quarterback play from behind when you don't have the weaponry in— now the Patriots don't have the weaponry, and they don't have the go to quarterback. So what do you do as an offense? I think you got to be a run-heavy team. The weird thing about them, though, is last year, I don't think anybody thought of them as a prolific offense, but the stats kind of bear that out, especially with the ability to hit the home run ball. Like They were number three in the league as far as runs of 10 yards or more. They were in the top 10 in the league as far as passes downfield 20 yards or more. So they were a very explosive offense. 
excuse me, in 2021. And then to see it be so miserable against the Dolphins in week one, right? is that the McDaniels effect? Is that the effect of, I have a really top-tier offensive coordinator who knows when to be that Cobra and strike for the big yard, the big hitter, and be explosive, as opposed to Matt Patricia's just going to sit here and be conservative the whole time, and all conservative gets you is seven points in a 20-7 to loss. No, I mean, that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. At least you had the you didn't have the quarterback, but at least you had the guy who can make the call. Now you lose him also. What is there left on your offense? Yeah. Because I, you don't you don't have faith in Mac Jones, do you? I don't have faith in Mac Jones, but again, to riff off of what Williamson and I were saying, and hey, listen to the Advanced Scout, yeah, wherever you it. find your podcast. It's a great little look at the Patriots uh, and every opponent that we lead into uh, that week. But we were talking about Mac Jones, and you know, of the quarterbacks drafted last year, five in the first round and then Davis Mills. He's still the one in Matt's eyes, and I agree with him, that has the most solid footing in the NFL. Like, he's the most established already. A lot of yeah. other ones have a lot more potential. Trevor, I think Zach, tr- Justin Fields. I think really just Trey Trevor. Lance. I'd only put no, Trevor. No, I'd put all four of those guys with still more potential than Mac Jones. I think they can all be better well, players than Mac Jones. Sunday, I don't know what game you were watching between the Niners and the Bears. It's all right. It's his first start. Well, not his first start, but his first start as the guy. Okay, well, Justin Fields has been the guy for a while, and he's still— Yeah, he won a football game. He did. Yeah, he did. We'll see. They they have potential, but as far as we sit here right now— I'm not saying potential. I'm saying established. Mac right Jones now. is yeah. the most established right now, and that's the point. He's got his feet firmly in the ground as an NFL quarterback. I think he's going to stay as a starter in this league for years to come. And I've said it, I've said it for the last two years— I don't understand the hype surrounding Mac Jones coming out of Alabama for this reason and this reason only. The guy had two first-round draft picks on his offensive line, had Najee Harris in his backfield, had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle as his receivers, and we're going to give credit to the guy throwing the ball. That's, that's it? That's what we're going to do? Give yeah. it to Mac Jones? Yeah, I mean, you still, I'm not have, gonna do you it. still have to be a good quarterback. I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy to give him that credit. He made... Uh... He literally made um, the playoffs last year in his rookie season without Devontae Smith or without all of those guys. And he did it in the NFL. But did it with... 61... But did it with who? Josh McDaniels making the calls. Okay, great. So Josh McDaniels gets all the credit then. I'm not saying he gets all the credit, but... 61 quarterbacks in their rookie year through, I think, over 250 pass attempts. Josh, or excuse me, Mac Jones had the second highest completion percentage of all of those 61 rookie quarterbacks. Dude's accurate. Dude makes really good decisions. He's not going to win you games. He's not going to elevate guys around you. And that's why I think the Patriots' biggest downfall is they need to surround Mac Jones with legit weapons. Get him an A.J. Brown like you got Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown after Philadelphia. Then you might be able to see Mac Jones get you 11, 12 wins on a season. He's smart and thinks the game well. And that allows quarterbacks to survive a long time in this league. If you can think and process the game at a high speed and at a high intellect, you'll stick around despite your talent not really being on par with some of the others in your class. I mean, uh, what what will you what will your opinion be of Mac Jones if the, if the Patriots win five or six games this year? Will it remain constant? Will it, it depends just say- on how it looked. I mean, it depends on if it looks like that he just had no help. If he's turning the ball over constantly, then I'll say, well, that was a fluke his rookie year then. But if he's protecting the football and it just comes down to Patricia's not 
hitting the right note at the right time. Like that's the thing to back to your McDaniels point. Like McDaniels knew, you know, when to push the rookie into pushing the ball down the field. And maybe Patricia's not gonna, you know, have that same pulse on Mac Jones or that same temperature for his his quarterback now in his second year to to know when to rip one down the field, to know when to take a chance with him. So you know, I, I think it depends. If they win six games and Mac Jones turns the ball over like two times per game, then yeah, I'll agree with you and I'll, I'll start to pump the brakes a little bit on the, the Mac Jones hype train, even though I'm not going very fast. I'm only going like five miles per right. hour on the hype train. Right, right, right. But if it's a, a matter of, oh, he, he completes a high percentage of passes, he doesn't turn the ball over, but the depth of target is like four yards down the field, or he gets the ball out of his hand like in two seconds and it's a launch of screens and, and the offense is very vanilla that way, then I think there's room for some nuance. But the quarterback's going to get the brunt of the blame no matter what. Yeah, when, it's, when it's the struggle. NFL. Yeah. It's that's that's how the league goes. So they might go 5 and 6, 5 or 6 wins this year too. I, Based on what we saw against I think Miami. it's very possible. Now, I will say this, again, that defense pretty good. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Uh, Matthew Judon, I think, is the star of the entire Patriots roster, um, but it's it's missing elements from last year that made it a great defense, mm-hmm. mainly J.C. Jackson, and it's very unusual that the Patriots, who really have always valued themselves on getting that number one lockdown corner, right, like Daryl Revis back in the day, like they love to have that Malcolm yeah. Butler. Like they love to have a guy the, like that. The brothers, uh, the, Mc- the McCordy brothers, right? So they always fancied themselves to have that top dog uh, cornerback. And J.C. Jackson was developing into and is one of the top dog yes. corners in the league. And they let him go. And the last couple of years, they've drafted a lot of slot corners, and that's not really their mo. It seems like there might be a little bit of a changing of a scheme, maybe. Maybe they're going into more zone than man-to-man. Traditionally, they've been a very man-to-man heavy defense in the secondary, so maybe Belichick's trying to move towards a zone scheme. I don't know, but all I do know is it's a good defense that isn't as good as it probably was last year based on missing a key part like J.C. Jackson. I still think they're going to be able to win some games for the Patriots defensively. You know, hold teams to a, a low score, and man, I hate to say this, Steelers Nation, because it's kind of taking a little shot at our own offense here. But that game at Akershire could end three nothing on Sunday. No, it, it, it really it wouldn't could. shock me, but I, I'd be shocked if the game ended three nothing. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be a little disappointed if the game ended three nothing in favor of the Patriots. Uh, really. Well, I'm just saying, you like, would be upset about these, that, huh? Th- this is a defense that you should be able to stymie completely. A little shutout action against the Patriots. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if your the offense defense. is so bad that you get outscored by the Patriots' def- offense, there's a real issue here. Uh, it's going to be a defensive struggle all Sunday long. I, I have to imagine that. Um, but again, much like the offense, other than Judon, it's a lot of nameless gray faces on that Patriots' defense. They're they're really not. A team that ha- they they might be lacking the most star power in the NFL right now, which is crazy to think when they had the star of stars for the past two decades, 
you know, there's just no one that you point to and you say that guy is a star that shines very bright in this league. Um, Matthew Judon again is probably the closest thing you got, but no casual football fan knows who Matthew Judon is. No, no. So that star, that kind of a star power, it, it's not overwhelming, and I, I don't know. In today's NFL, I feel like you need to have one or two stars to really put yourself over. Their the only other star, Dante Dante Hightower, is in this weird purgatory with the team too. He just never re-signed and is not signed with another team either. So he's just idly there. Like I I read a report that the Patriots still have a locker for his number <laughs> and his name on it, but he is not yet to be re-signed. So you were saying you don't even have. You need to have at least one or two guys, and the only two guys they have, one of them is not even on the team, and the other one, like you said, isn't really that much of a star. He's a star within New England for sure, but he's not a star across the league, as you said, name recognition on on that scale. Matthew Judon, when he was on the Ravens or when he was on where the Vikings, when he was playing alongside other studs, yes, Matthew Judon was noticeable because he was able to play alongside Guys who were just as good, if not better, than he was. And as we say all the time with guys like Cam Hayward elevating Tyson and Larry O or TJ Watt elevating Alex Highsmith, when you play with better teammates, you're going to do better yourself. So with Matthew Judon leading the way, it's that's why the defense has struggled. Well, despite the Patriots having a pretty solid defense last year, there was still some vulnerabilities that teams could exploit. Before we get to those, though, I want to let you know you can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and don't worry, Alexa will take care of the rest. So they were really good against the pass last year. They did not get after the quarterback much, though. They only averaged two sacks per game. They had three sacks against the Dolphins, Steelers offensive line. Allowed just the one sack uh, of Mitch Trubisky against Cincinnati, uh, whether that was pass protection doing a good job or scheming the ball out of Trubisky's hands quickly, you can pick either side of the fence there. The result is the same, though. They got only one sack put on the board against them against a, a much more formidable uh, a defensive front than New England's bringing, a much better unit at getting after the quarterback in Cincinnati than yeah. New England has. So I think you have a chance to keep Trubisky upright for most of this game, which is a good thing. One thing that scares me no one took away the tight end better last year than the New England Patriots. Mm. And it's not like the opponent was just ignoring the tight end when they played New England for some odd reason. The tight end just wasn't there. They were taking him away constantly. Might not be a big game for Fryermuth, but on the other side of the spectrum, they were real bad at covering running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. So what they taketh away with Pat Fryermuth and tight ends, they, they give, give it, it with Najee yeah. and the running backs. So... Want to see a lot of Najee out of the backfield passes in space in this game. And really, I wanted to see a lot of that against Cincinnati, too. One of the most upsetting things I have taking away from that game against Cincinnati is, where was Najee's involvement in the passing game? Absolutely non-existent. Which is absurd to me, because he can be Kamara-esque. All you have to do is get past those linebackers, that those edge rushers and Trey Hendrickson, and he he should be okay. He sh- Or at least he should have been okay. Because the, the the defensive backs could have, at, you assume, with Claypool's blocking ability and, and Deontay's blocking ability and, and George Pickens' size to take away a, def, a defensive back that 
Najee Harris could have had open field to work with in, in the passing game. It's exactly why Le'Veon Bell was considered one of the best running backs, if not the best running back when he was at his peak in the NFL, is because he was so dangerous in the passing game, equally so to his running ability. And Najee Harris has that ability as well. It's just the Steelers did not utilize it. But I think they need to against the Patriots. Yeah, I, agree. I, I think it's a, a mismatch that they should absolutely exploit. And then on top of that, the traditional running uh, of the football. The Patriots yielded 4.6 yards per carry last year. They were not the best defense when it came to stopping the run. Certainly not as good as Cincinnati, who was top five last year and looked every bit of top five again to start this season against the Steelers. So you should be able to run the ball a little bit better against New England. It comes down to the offensive line at this point, though. If they can get some push and they can get some room, create some holes for Nodge, I think that they could absolutely have a much better game on the ground than they did against Cincinnati. A lot easier said than done, though, and those hogs up front really have to start clearing the road uh, because even a team like the Patriots that struggled some to stop the run last year, in fact, there's only two teams that were worse at it, and we know which one, where one of those teams resides. Hello. So if you you should be able to exploit that, but like I was saying, even a team as bad as that, if you're not going to get it done in the run blocking department, they're going to be able to stop you. They're going to be able to hold you for a, a limited amount of gain. So I I hate to say this because he's dealing with an injury and he's day-to-day right now. He's going to play, but how effective will he be is, is still up in the air. But this game sets up big for number 22. I mean, this looks like it should be a, a 22 on offense all day long kind of day. And that's kind of what we saw last year around this time of the year, right? You had Najee Harris playing his first NFL game against Buffalo. Wasn't really used in the run game. Wasn't really used much more in the pass game. Mm-hmm. And then week two was against the Raiders. And he had his first 100-yard game through the air. Right, He had his first 100-yard game receiving in week two of his NFL career. So it should, I mean, hopefully the result is different because we know the Steelers lost to the Raiders last year. But it should absolutely be taken advantage of by the Steelers against a very weak Patriots defense against running backs in the passing game. Now, with them taking away tight ends, and okay. the Dolphins' tight ends didn't do much at all against the Patriots. I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll tell you exactly what they did uh, in that game. Uh, Gasecki had one target for one catch and one yard. So, very good job of New England as building off of what they did really better than any defense last year to start this year. That's where Canada comes in, though. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know this defense is great at taking away your tight end. Your tight end was your best weapon on offense last week against Cincinnati. Scheme him open. Scheme him away from those linebackers that are great at taking away the tight end. Put him in odd places. Hand him the ball off if you have to. Get the ball in his hands. It's on Canada to adapt to the opponent that they're playing. And if the Patriots are great at taking away your tight end, you can't look at that at Canada and be like... Can't use number 88 in this game. No, you have to figure out a way to do it. What did we hate as opposing fans to the Patriots more than anything when you saw Brady out there on offense? Other than making no names become big names. You mean, are you talking about them on defense? No, when the Patriots were on offense with Brady out there. I mean, they're tight ends. Okay. They were the best tight what end I was in football go with- until one went off the deep end and the other one... Continue to be the best tight end. In football. What I was going to go with was 
their ability to make special plays, right, and and burn you for it, right? You saw it in the playoffs all the time yeah, like from the, the Patriots. Edelman passes it back to Brady. Yes, yeah. all the time. Brady's out there catching balls. The flea flickers that would always burn the Steelers, right? Always in the regular season, the Steelers got burned on those plays. How poetic would it be now that you lose the quarterback for New England? They lose the quarterback. They lose the play caller. And now the Steelers have the play caller in Matt Canada. They have the weapons. Look at last week against the flea, with the flea flicker to Pat Fryer. With how mm-hmm. poetic would that be if the Patriots had this stagnant offense, and it's Matt Canada making these wild plays against against New England? No, I, I would love to see more of trickeration yes. like that in the Steelers. Playbook. I mean, we, we love the end of rounds too to to chase Claypool, the sweeps like that. Uh he ended up leading the team in rushing yards of all people. Chase Claypool did with him, I believe about 60 or so. No, it was, it was in the 30s. Maybe it maybe 40, high. maybe 40, 39. There you go. So yeah, I know that was a lot of what you saw last year, but that now I think can just be the base of of what you're capable of doing with this offense if Matt Canada has as much control as we believe him to be or believe him to have. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I want to see more. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not the the camp of people that are saying it was completely vanilla and there was no difference from the offense last year to the first game in Cincinnati. I saw some differences. I need to see more differences though. Mm-hmm. They really need no, to No, I agree. That's out. why I said the base should be those jet sweeps to and those end rounds to chase Claypool. And how about a little bit more play action? Yeah, I mean that's. I, I mean, just th- that's not even asking for much either. And I'm not talking about the play action where Chase comes in motion and does that thing where when he gets behind the quarterback, he dips his head down hard like to pretend like he's getting the ball, and then he runs back in motion the other way. I mean, legit snap the ball, fake the hand Under off to Chase, center, fake the hand yeah. off to Najee. We have been begging for the Steelers to do more play action for years now. Thought we'd see it a lot against Cincinnati. Didn't see it near enough, as far as I'm concerned. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Power Ranking Wednesday is on the way in the next episode. Looking forward to that for Jacob Recht. I am Tom Offerman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.